Today on the train wreck, if you thought doxing the FBI agents is a new thing, boy, have I got news for you. Things that happen, stupid polls are stupid and more assorted fuckery. Hey, you sick, twisted freaks, you're listening to Rolly. Sorry about that. about you, but when I heard that Donald Trump gave a copy of the unredacted search warrant and property receipt to Breitbart, who then published it in full with the names of the agents who took part in the search, I said to myself, oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I've seen this movie already. The same happened for the Trump-appointed judge who signed off on the warrant, whose name and Photoshop likeness has already appeared on Rupert's propaganda fire hose. The rights machine of personal destruction kicked into full gear, and inevitably those agents, that judge, and their families are going to need security in order to navigate the cesspool of MAGA that's going to show up at the grocery store, or their office, or even their front door. Phone numbers are going to need to be changed. Ultimately, they may, may even have to move. And I point you in the direction of Christine Blasey Ford for an example of that. The last time that name came across my radar, it was in a news story that reported the four times that she's had to move in order to protect herself and her family from what can only be described as deranged maniac cultists. Sadly, lest you think this is a new thing, I assure you it's not. The use of fear and intimidation by the right has been there for a long, long time. While I'm sure there are many examples from before this, I'm going to use Graham Frost as the earliest example that I can remember. You might not remember the name Graham Frost, but he was a 12-year-old boy who gave the weekly Democratic Party radio address on September 28, 2007. Graham was in a car accident that fractured his cranium and injured his brainstem, and he received treatment for those injuries under the State Children's Health Insurance Program, also known as S-CHIP. Frost said in the address that if it weren't for S-CHIP, he wouldn't be here. Now, George W. Bush vetoed expanding the S-CHIP program in the following month, October of 2007, but not before the Frost family became a target and the GOP intimidation machine went after them. One particularly unhinged member of the right-wing media compost pile, Michelle Malkin, went so far as to go to the father's place of work and by their row house in Baltimore. She also posted their address on her blog. Now, at the time, she was one of the more predominant right-wing columnists and bloggers out there with thousands, maybe even tens of thousands of readers, any one of which could, you know, have just decided to drop by. Once all the misinformation had been debunked, The right just moves on, indifferent to the damage they caused. And just to make the past a bit more prologue, recently, when I heard politicians and pundits say that the story about the 10-year-old girl from Ohio who traveled to Indiana to receive an abortion had to be a lie, I didn't see that as them calling bullshit. Instead, I saw that as a fishing expedition. Right now, the doctor is certainly receiving a barrage of threats, but I want you to make no mistake— that if someone identified that child and made it public, there would be people outside that child's home before you could say Jesus loves you. 
Now, of course, I have to bring up the name of George Tiller and countless other doctors who have provided abortion services, who've had their names and addresses made public, clearly with the intention of intimidating them and causing them harm. Tiller, as you might remember, was shot to death at his church on Sunday during services. And I want to be as clear as I can here. Whether you agree with S-Chip or the Frosts or Malkin or Tiller or some side I haven't covered yet, we need to call these actions what they are. Stochastic terrorism. The continual demonization of a person or group of people so that it's statistically more likely that they will be the victims of violence. And to be even clearer about this, only one side is doing it, and they need to be called out for it, they need to be held accountable for it, and they need to be sent to prison for it. Now, I hear some of you on the other side saying something that sounds like, argle, 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 cancel culture, argle, argle, argle. And while I agree with you, in some cases, the canceling of people is bullshit, I'm going to point out the difference between the GOP intimidation machine and cancel culture. Cancel culture is the calling out of a person for some perceived or real behavior. The GOP intimidation machine attacks people that stand up and speak truth to bullshit. And the only reason they get attacked is because they disagree. And I want to make sure we're clear. We are not the same. Now, lastly, I have a rhetorical question for you. John Walker Jr. received a life sentence for possessing classified documents and giving them to the Russians. Reality Winner went to prison for handling classified information and giving it to the media. Chelsea Manning went to prison for violating the Espionage Act. Edward Snowden leaked classified information from the NSA, and he has yet to answer for what he did. However, the crime isn't necessarily in the leaking. It's in the possessing of information that you shouldn't have. So I'm going to ask you, if Trump had classified information that he no longer had a right to, how is he different? I'll wait. For more information about this, I'm going to link you to retired U.S. military intelligence officer Jim Wright, otherwise known as Stone Kettle. In his website, Stone Kettle Station, he wrote a great essay about uh, what kind of intelligence Trump might have had, why it's a problem, and where this might go. I'll put a link in the show notes, but StoneKettle.com, it's the most recent essay. It's called Loose Lips Sink Ships. Try saying that three times fast. You're listening to Rolly. friends and neighbors, you know, I'm really, really bad at promoting my own shit, but I'm not really that bad at promoting somebody else's, so that's what I'm going to do right now, and I'm going to tell you about my friend Charlene. Charlene has a new podcast out right now. It's the Zibs Misadventures in Space. Here's the setup. It's 2220. The future's just as stupid as today. I know, right? But with space travel, our two co-captains serve on the barely spaceworthy ship Zib, a surveyor vessel that locates valuable materials for mining and claims them for Earth. 
Our not-so-intrepid crew members find themselves in ridiculous situations and often have no idea what in the fuck they're doing, even when they think that they do. We never said they were heroes. Please go over to anchor.fm slash zibmisadventures. That's Z as in Z, I, B as in boy, misadventures. Zib misadventures. Anchor.fm slash zibmisadventures. You will be glad that you did. Please like it, share it, review it. Whatever you need to do, whatever flips your switch. But listen, you'll be glad you did. Now, that's me promoting somebody else's stuff. Let's get back to my train wreck. So I've decided to call this next segment, So That Happened. This is a couple of items, maybe two or three items that caught my eye in the news in the past week, and there might possibly, maybe, possibly be some snark. Of course there's going to be snark, it's me. So the first one again is from, you know, Mango Mussolini, and he just, I don't think he can keep track of what lie he said when, but this is the latest one. He said, oh, great. I'm not even going to do the, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't do it, I just, I can't do the impression. I want to, I can't. Oh great, it's just been learned that the FBI and its now famous raid of Mar-a-Lago took boxes of privileged attorney-client material and also executive privilege material, which they knowingly should not have taken. By copy of this truth, because he put it on truth social, truth, ah, truth social. Truth social. (laughs) I respectfully request that these documents be immediately returned to the location from which they were taken. Thank you. First of all, you know, he didn't write that. Okay. Because, you know, I respectfully request bullshit. That said, I have two questions. One, do you have a list? If you want certain docs back, then you got to have a list, right? Or the lawyers do. Actually, I can't say that with a straight face either. Jesus. The lawyers. <laughs> Second question. Are the taxes in there? Hey. Hey, are the taxes? Because, you know, if, if so, you'll get them back. Eventually. Now, of course, on Sunday, there was supposed to be a huge protest in front of the FBI headquarters in D.C. That's great. All of the MAGA folks out in front of the headquarters of one of the largest law enforcement organizations in the world in the middle of a city that's probably ready for all the chuckle fucks to show up and protest the tyrannic... Yeah, no, nobody shut up. A rare moment of lucidity over there in cult land. Maybe being in front of the FBI building isn't good for your health. A broken clock, man, right? Finally, Beto. I am not even going to front. I love me some Beto. That man is the closest thing we're ever going to see to a new age Kennedy in our lifetime. And I want, want, want him to run for president. I will literally throw him all the monies. All of it. So here's the setup. Beto's driving through Texas and having a marathon of town meetings throughout Texas for like 49 days or something. Now, I don't know where this took place. But let me set this up for you. Beto's talking about the Uvalde shootings. Somebody in the crowd with Abbott gear laughs. And let me tell you, Beto is a whole ass move. 
I'm going to make sure that now 11 weeks since we lost 19 kids and their two teachers shot to death with a weapon originally designed for use in combat, legally purchased by an 18-year-old who did not try to obtain one when he was 16 or 17, but followed the law that's on the books, ladies and gentlemen, that says that you can buy not one, you can buy two or more if you want to, AR-15s, hundreds of rounds of ammunition, and take that weapon that was originally designed for use on the battlefields in Vietnam to penetrate an enemy soldier's helmet at 500 feet and knock him down dead up against kids at five feet. It may be funny to you, motherfucker, but it's not funny to me, okay? And let me tell you something there, homies. If you are more pissed that Beto called somebody a motherfucker than you are the fact that kids got shot, check yourself. So that happened. Friends. You know, there are three things that you can count on in this life. You know two of them already, death and taxes. The third, stupid politicians being stupid. First up, there's two or three items of stupid politicians are stupid. First up, Marjorie the walking pipe bomb. So here, Marjorie Taylor Greene believes that generating electricity from wind turbines and solar panels are going to result in the loss of air conditioning and home appliances and... Some other things that I'm just not really sure what the fuck. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and we're all here in Georgia. Can we just say thank God for air conditioning? <laughs> Let's talk about refrigerators. I personally like my refrigerator. I know you all like yours. What about washing machines and dryers? Lord, please God, don't make me scrub clothes in a bucket and have to hang them out on the line when we switch over to wind turbines and solar panels. I'm going to be really pissed off about that. I mean, how absurd is this? I like the lights on. I want to stay up later at night. I don't want to have to go to bed when the sun sets. It's so silly. I, I mean, all of this is absolutely insane. Okay, so I mean this with all sincerity. Did somebody in a lab somewhere pitch an idea to create the most useless object ever made and then they grew Marjorie in a vat somewhere? Inquiring minds. I mean, what... What does she actually do? What is her function? Where did she come from? And can she please go back there and take the great value Sarah Palin from Colorado with her, please? Staying with Marjorie for a second item, she filed articles of impeachment against Merrick Garland. <laughs> I, I, I want to ask if she had nothing better to do, but let's face it, she's got no committee assignments to occupy her time, and I'm pretty sure she doesn't actually write legislation. Because silly goose, <laughs> that's what lobbyists are for, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> Just a quick aside here. Um, am I the only one that sees her alone in her office talking to her fan like Chris Farley and Tommy Boy? Does anyone? Okay, snap back to reality. Somehow she managed to infinite monkey her way through a word salad that means somehow impeach the attorney general. Okay. 
So I think she needs to go have a talk with Representative Al Green, if he'd agree to see her, that is. You see, um, in, you see uh, in the early days of the Trump administration, Al filed three separate motions to impeach Trump before the rest of the Democratic Party thought, hey, you know what? Um, maybe we should listen to Al. Al's first motion to impeach were filed while the GOP was in the majority in the House. It wasn't going to go anywhere. He knew that. The other two times the Democrats were in the majority, but they just tabled them because they were like, we, it's going to be a, did we, can we not do, can we not, can we not? My point is, it was performative. It's just playing to the crowd, preaching to the choir, until, of course, Trump actually did something stupid, which was worthy of impeachment, twice. Nobody, and I mean nobody, is going to give Marjorie's bill the time of day, and she knows that. Possibly. Lastly, the distinguished fake eye doctor from Kentuckistan, Rand the Insufficiently Kicked, he'd like to repeal the Espionage Act. It's from a tweet. The Espionage Act was abused from the beginning to jail dissenters of World War I. It's long past time to repeal this egregious affront to the First Amendment. Yeah, the memory hole ain't that deep, Chuckles. You know what else is an egregious affront to the First Amendment? The idea that because you, you, Randy, got surrounded by protesters who yelled at you and hurt your little fifis, you wanted to prosecute Antifa, whatever the hell that is, and Black Lives Matter using the RICO statutes. So I want to remind you, Rand, that the First Amendment goes both ways, comrade. Of course, if John McCain was right, and you're really working for Putin, no espionage jack takes a real burr out of your saddle, doesn't it? I'm just saying. You're listening to Rolly. So, you know, one of the things the podcast gurus always say is that you need to have some kind of call to action. To which I say, hey, look, if you listen and you like the show, just share it with somebody. What you hear today may not be what you hear tomorrow, but it's always going to be this flavor of crazy. And if it matches with your flavor of crazy, hey, great. Welcome. But about that call to action. You ever hear of a website called Donors Choose? This is a website where you can help teachers that need your help to fund things that they need. And I will tell you, I'd be nowhere without two very special teachers in my life. The first is my grandmother. She was a woman who started teaching in a one-room schoolhouse in rural Maine. And she ended up working for the State Department of Vocational Education. She was the president of the NEA in Maine and the president of the chapter of the teacher's sorority, Delta Kappa Gamma. At least the chapter in Maine, excuse me. Education to her was not just something you did for part of the day, and you didn't do it for part of the day around her. You did it, period. And there was always an opportunity to learn, and learn I did. The second teacher was my drama teacher in high school, and I credit her for figuring out how to reach me and get me out of my shell. And she might have done that a little too well because I don't think I've shut up since. So anyway, about donors choose, right? Every episode, I'm going to give you a link to a teacher that needs your help. 
Mostly, I'm going to choose things in the areas of music and arts, special needs, and warmth, care, and hunger. These are different categories on the Donors Choose site. Now, I reserve the right to stray from those categories if I see something truly in desperate need that isn't in those buckets. Today, I want to talk to you about Mr. Myers. Mr. Myers teaches special needs kids in grades 6 through 8 at Longleaf Middle School in Columbia, South Carolina, and he's looking for beanbag chairs for his classroom. This is what he says. Quote, these items will help in my BSP behavioral support class as my students have severe emotional disabilities. Anything they can use to calm down, refocus, or to release any stress or anxieties will be beneficial to them. Uh, being able to effectively manage their emotions and return to or have some sense of normalcy. I love all my students. My students are bright, smart, and loving, but need help with their behaviors. Something as simple as a beanbag chair can make a child feel safe and comforted. This is why I'm having these items in my classroom is so important. And as the parent of uh, uh, autistic children, I know exactly where he's coming from. He needs another $55 to reach his goal, and I would ask you, if you're so inclined, I'll put a link in the show notes, and it will be on my Twitter, at Chris Rowley. And uh, thank you for helping uh, what I will call that one teacher. And again, it's donorschoose.org. Look for uh, the note in the show notes, please. Thank you. So anyway, that's uh, I have a question. Of course you do. So, um, well, go ahead, spit it out. Well, uh, what, 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 what the hell is this? What, what, I might ask that same question. Okay, well, look, um, it all started when I had to throw three episodes out because the sound was shit, so I had a blank slate. Kind of like you, Al. Okay, well, hey, wait. Well played, thanks. So, I had a week or so to figure out what I wanted to do, and what I came upon was this. Because, well, okay, for two reasons. First, I'm angry, and I think we should be angry. I'm watching people who are clearly not our best and brightest engaged in a pissing contest at our expense, and and then you got a group of people who want to take away people's human rights. And I'm not going to be quiet about that. I don't think anybody should be. And finally, uh, like every other fucking podcaster in the world, you got a stupid opinion like everybody else. Exactly. Okay, so where does that leave us? I don't understand the question. I mean, we still got a job. Of course you have a job. I wouldn't feel right if I didn't have the opportunity to, you know, smack you upside the noggin at least once an episode. Oh, gee, thanks. Nothing to it. That's what she gets. Ah! You, you didn't see that coming? What, apart from the dialogue? And scene. <laughs> okay. So, folks, um, yeah, the, the last block will be something you're used to and, or something you're not used to. I don't know. Alan Bubba and the cast of Idiots might be here in the last block. And every once in a while, you might hear parts of a story I'm working on or a story from my past or some other assorted bullshit. Most of the show is about me popping off about the darkest timeline. So the last part is kind of essential to me. It's something creative to try to keep from losing all my marbles. Losing? Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Okay, so, if we're all good, I think that's enough fuckery for today. So, remember to subscribe to Zib's Misadventure in Space. Check out that one teacher, and connect with me on Twitter, at Chris Rowley, K-R-I-S-R-O-L-E-Y. And also, subscribe to this madness if you haven't, and you can like, share, review, slice, dice, julienne, whatever flips your switch, you sick, twisted freaks. Until next time, 
question everything. Full stop. Stay solid, people. Bye-bye now. <laughs>